1: My name is Felicia Harris. I am the principal owner of Everything HR, Everything HR Financial Services, and Everything HR Talent Development Institute, and I will be your host today. Now, you already know, owning a company is complex. There are a zillion moving parts, and when you bring employees into the picture, things get even more complex, whether you have one employee or 10,000 employees. It can be a challenge to keep it all running smoothly. And that's where everything HR comes in. We do one thing, HR. We are human capital experts. We're problem solvers. We make things simpler. And this complimentary podcast will provide you with the latest HR trends. Whether you do business in your home state or across the United States, you'll be able to call in and talk with HR professionals about the issues that keep you out at night. But more importantly, hear best practices from business owners that have been in your shoes. So go ahead, give us a call at 929 477 1199. Again, that call in number is 929 477 1199. If you happen to be sitting at your computer, and you rather call in with a question or email us a question, I should say? The email is support at everything is in financial s is dot I'll repeat that. It is support at everything as in financial s net. Now, today we're going to be talking about how customer service is a part of your employee value proposition. And we have the distinct honor to have the guest uh, with us, Colette Douglas. She is the president of Elite Customer Service in Ann Arbor, Michigan, here. And I'm going to turn it over to Colette to give us some more information about herself and about Elite Customer Service. Colette.
0: Good morning, Felicia. It is such a pleasure to uh, be with you on this morning and got sinuses going on. You know how this part of the world here in Michigan, uh, the weather is a little crazy. So sinuses are doing their own thing this morning. So please excuse my voice. But it's so exciting to be with you today. And I am glad to be able to provide the service of elite customer service and the training and customized coaching that we do. Because, you know, the, the bottom line of it is that Customer service is not as commonsensical as a lot of people seem to think that it is. So four years ago, I established this company uh, at the urging of my husband after retiring as a wealth advisor with a financial institution. And because I received so many phone calls after I retired on my cell phone from my clients saying, hey, listen, if you're not going to continue with the um, financial advising, at least coach folks on customer service because we ain't getting it. So that's pretty much how it was launched. And like I said, about four years ago, I was able to do that and I I have not regretted it. And business has been booming to say the least.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So now about, you know, what is customer service? Because so many people have so many definitions of what customer service or real customer service is and how that differs from the customer experience or is it different from the customer experience?
0: Okay, well let's um, dissect that a little bit. Okay, because when you think about customer service, think of it in in these terms. Let's say that you are hosting a party at your home and you want everything to be perfect you've invited what you consider to be the right guests what their their specialty items are you know what their dietary needs are you're going to pay attention to those things you're going to pay attention to the surroundings you're going to make sure that your home is Set up absolutely perfect. The beverages are going to be perfect just according to your guest needs. The lighting will be perfect. The music will be absolutely perfect. You want to accommodate them. And not only that, you want to go beyond accommodating your guests. You want to wow them. You want to knock their socks off. You want them to feel comfortable. You want them to feel the hospitality. And you will want them to come back and say, gee whiz, we had such a great time at Felicia's home, and she was such a wonderful hostess, and she anticipated our needs, and we didn't have to ask for anything. She knows us really well. And we are just over the moon, delighted and happy about that. So in essence, you were able to serve them, and I'm going to get to that word in just a second because a lot of people think that's a subservient type of connotation, and it isn't. And you were able to give them and leave them with an experience that they will always remember. So the experience piece is the memory-making piece. The service piece is how you accommodate and provide and give them what they want, the basics of what they want. So what I like to do is I like to say, as far as an experience is concerned, think about celebrities. What do we know uh, we assume that celebrities demand and ask for? Certain celebrities only want, you know, red M&M's in their hotel when they get there. They want three ice cubes in their glass, not two or four. They want a certain type of bottled water. They want certain types of, you know, thread count sheets. And it, it's the details that really matter that provide the experience.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I totally agree. And I I believe that you touched on something regarding the memory, and those are, it leads me to believe talking about first impressions and how important that is. When you have a new customer And, and the experience that you give them and keeping them coming back, keeping them wanting your product and your service is key to keeping that business going. What can employers do to get their employees to that level?
0: Well, first of all, ongoing training. I am a big believer in that. Oftentimes, we're all consumers one way or the other, whether it's a service or a product or both. And oftentimes, we find ourselves not getting that great, just basic service. So I believe that those situations managers should look at as teachable moments. Some people say, oh, that person needs to be fired. Just get rid of them. Nah, that should not be the first thing to to consider. I think that it's important that people get retrained, understand the best practices of the company, that they understand the core values of the company and the business strategy of the company. You know what, Felicia, here's what's really important here. I think that if employers establish a true definition for their employees with a difference of understanding a customer service policy and a customer service philosophy. The policy is, and and all companies need policies, but the policy is, this is what we do. This is the reactionary thing. This is what's set in, in stone. This is what is not modified. But the philosophy is more proactive. The philosophy says, this is our culture. And this is what we need you to understand, even you know, during the interview process of, you know, hiring prospective employees, helping them to understand that this is what this company stands for. I think the other thing to, um, to, to that, that employers should stress is that and and a lot of people get this wrong. The most important element in a company is the employee, it is not the customer. And I know I sound like I'm talking out of the left side of my head, but I'm not. Because the bottom line is that without your employees and based on their morale, they cannot give your customers that best or that white glove experience. If the morale is really low, trust me, your customers are going to feel that one way or the other. Whether it's even online through, you know, the the communication online, whether it's on the telephone, whether it's through written communication, you have to give your employees loyalty so that they can reciprocate and give the employer loyalty as well as the skill sets that they said they had to to perform the job. So, and, and then let me just interject one other thing here, if that's okay with you, Felicia.
1: Oh, absolutely. That- you, you have me thinking so many different directions, so <laughs> please continue.
0: Okay, just reel me in when you need me to, because I, I this is something I'm passionate about, as you can probably tell. Okay, so when an employer hires someone, they hire them to perform actually two jobs. They hire them... Based on the skill set that that employee said that they have, that they can perform to make that help make that business profitable. And then they also hire them to deliver exceptional customer service. Now, who are they delivering that service to?
1: They're delivering
0: that not only to the external customer. Which is the people who buy the goods and services, but they're providing that service to the internal customer. Now, what do I mean by that? That internal customer is are their their peers, their colleagues. They are their managers. They are their the board of directors or trustees. There's anybody internal who helps to make that company functional. Absolutely. And they have to also provide that service to the vendors and to, you know, the other, even volunteers and, and other people who have some direct or indirect impact on that company.
1: Now, you, you there's, like I said, there's so many things that you touched on uh, there that it's like, oh, my God, we can dive into this, we can dive into this, and we can dive into that. So <laughs> I'm going to, since you just mentioned the internal and external customer, and that's not something that a lot of people dwell on it or look at it that way. And so I want to start off, I I really want to dive into the internal customer first, because if that internal customer is not whole, just as you stated, you're not going to make a very good Mm -hmm. experience for the external customer. So example, if the internal culture is, you have a a bad employee and and that employee, you know, is is basically someone that, that, an internal cancer, we'll put it that way. They go out to your mm-hmm. customer. They're going to be more concerned about checking their phones while they're out there. Your customer's looking like, what in the world? You're more concerned about your phone than you're on my business. Mm-hmm. And so you have to, you know, and, and so those are things as, especially from a, a, and I'm not going to say a small business owner, but regardless of your size, you have those individuals that are disruptive to your business. And so as a, a, manager or owner or what is your recommendation for dealing with that those type of individuals within an organization that's damaging that internal culture from being something that is productive that can be reflected onto your customer base in a negative way
0: I, I again I have to go back to the training I believe that it starts with the onboarding process again if the employee does not understand the culture, then we have a problem. So let's say that now the employee is on the job and they have this consistent poor behavior. In fact, because let's face it, every employee is not the, it's not a match for your your company. And Absolutely. it's always best to to, to make a decision based on certain behaviors and practices and, and correct, corrective actions and that type of thing to make a conclusion sooner than later because the bottom line is that the disruption cannot continue. So correct. based on the company's policy with the, the levels of corrective action, and, and, but we also have to understand who that employee is. For example, there are like at least two major demographics right now working in any particular company. You've got baby boomers still working, and you have millennials, and now you have Gen Xers coming in on the scene. So some companies may have three separate demographics, and it's incumbent upon that company to understand how to communicate with them. How do you help a millennial understand they cannot come to work in their pajamas? And, yes, Felicia, that's an actual problem. I've been asked to come I know it is. I know it is. Yeah. You cannot <laughs> come in in your pajamas. But it's like de-layering like an onion. But you have to look at the time element of it because, yeah, there should be training How much time are you going to give that and how is that going to impact the profitability and other employees because that poor behavior adversely affects the employees who are doing a great job. You know, I'm coming in. I'm doing my job right. I'm on time. I'm professional. I communicate well, you know, verbally and in writing. I'm doing what you ask me to do. I'm even going beyond. But then, you know, a couple people over here, you know, they're not doing what they need to do, and they're making me think. Well, maybe I should not work as hard. So, exactly. And that's what happens. About isolating.
1: Totally agree. Because that's what happens. When they see one disruptive employee, others will jump on board and say, I don't have to give as much because look at what they're doing. They are coming to work in their pajamas. Or you tell them to dress professionally and they intentionally dress down. And so when you see those behaviors, as an employer, you do have to cut it off. Because it does affect the others in there with that, I call it a cancer, an infectious cancer that will disrupt your culture and I also call them blessing blockers because things can be going yeah. all well within your business and there are certain yeah. people that cannot go with you to the next level. You're supposed to drop that's off. Right. That's right. That, that, that's that shedding. That's that pruning. That's they have to drop off because they're not ready that's right. to take, go to a that's next right. level and to the that's customer right. service and level that you're willing mm-hmm. to actually provide to your customer base. They're not there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they just have gone through training, but they're not ready Mm -hmm. to move into change with you. And that's not something that's a business owner problem. That's that individual. And it's okay for them to be that way. That's, they have every, some portions or some sides of every individual, we have to determine in life what it is that we want for ourselves. Someone else cannot want more for you then you want for yourself. And you have mm-hmm, to also mm-hmm. realize they can offer their training, but it's up to you to gas it and run with the training.
0: You know what? People rise to the expectations that are set for them.
1: Exactly, and or I, they I,
0: fail. Th- that's right, and, and that's- They rise or they fail the to the
1: expectations. They, they rise mm-hmm. or
0: they fail, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So if you mm-hmm. set a, a low bar, then that's our fault. <laughs> that's we absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and you these, set a low bar. That is so very true. These, you set a low bar, then that's the
1: only bar that yes. they're going to meet. Absolutely. So you know, they're that's not absolutely. going they to expire for
0: Mhm. Because I believe that listening and understanding this sets the high expectations as well as that high accountability. And again, that's through the. That's the key word, the accountability. Through. Oh, yes accountability and, and they must be held to that task. Everyone absolutely see that from the C-suite on down. If they, they realize, Oh yeah, this is part of their philosophy. Well, this isn't a fit for me. So let me just go on someplace else. And so they may do you a favor.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I think we started this session on employee value proposition talking just about accountability and how that flows throughout the organization. And the effect of that accountability that it has on customer service internally and externally.
0: Oh my goodness. It's so impactful. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's absolutely a necessity. There, there are statistics out there that says that when, when that service is not there, the reviews on Yelp and other social media outlets will just go through the roof. When we do things right, not so much. But when we don't do them right, oh, yeah, everybody will know about it. Just this year, the customer experience, Felicia, has become the top priority for businesses just this year. And and going forward, it will be no different. And that's why so many businesses and companies out there are focusing on the customer experience. And when companies ignore it, well, there, there will be consequences. And by Absolutely. next year... By year 2020, it will be the customer experience that will be the major differentiator. It's not going to be product or price. And let me explain what I mean by that. So if you and I offer the same widget, but I happen to be on the farthest part of town from a customer, and you're the closest, but yours is, let's say, subpar service, But we, you know, basically offer the same thing, but I am known for the outstanding service customers will go that farther distance and even pay more to get the benefit of that great service, and that is industry-wide. So what customers and consumers are doing is they are comparing the movie industry to the airline industry. So I had a great experience here at the movies. I went to such and such airline company, and I had a horrific experience, and they're going to make a judgment and say, it just is not working for me. They are comparing industries to one another. Now, whether that's fair, it, maybe not, maybe it is, but it's all about what that co- that consumer's experience is. We have to be cognizant of what type of experience we give. And when I talk about white glove, let, let me, let me break it down this way, Felicia. One of the, um, there are a couple of companies that I like to use in my presentations as examples, and Disney is one of them. I asked participants, participant, when, when was the last time you had a negative experience at Disney? And nobody essentially raises their hand. Disney has darn near performed that consumer experience as far as like waiting in line. We know that if you're in line waiting on a ride, it could take, you know, an hour or more. And Disney has come up with the idea Seven minutes in in increments of seven minutes, they have characters there to entertain everybody in mind to take your mind off the fact that you're baking in the sun and that your kid is going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because you're ready to get on the ride. So they scientifically identified how to entertain guests. So that they focus more on the activity than, oh my God, I'm waiting so long in line and uh, this is not what I came for. It is amazing. Another quick example I'd like to offer is the Ritz Carlton. The Ritz yes. had the hotel. The, the Ritz Absolutely. has empowered their employees. They've, they've given them a $3,000 budget per guest. And they have empowered them to use that $3,000 budget in any way necessary to make that guest happy. In one instance, and this is actually on their website. You can look it up. In one instance, there was a guest who left her slippers at the hotel. She had already returned home. The butler realized that she left her slippers there. So he told his manager, and, and, you know, the employees there are known as ladies and gentlemen, right? And so... He told his, his his manager, hey, listen, this guest left her slippers, and I'm going to wrap them up, and I'm going to take a flight, and I'm going to deliver them to her home. And he wanted him to know that just so that he wouldn't be AWOL. And so the manager goes, well, you got the budget. Go take care of it and get on back here. It's just that type of service, that white glove service that separates them from every other competitor in the business. I mean, the Waldorf Astoria is the same thing. Those kinds of things. And But the point that I'm making here is that just because you're not at that level perhaps doesn't mean you can't still give white glove service. Start by asking clients, talk to them. And how can I make this experience better for you? What are you looking for that I can do to keep you coming back and to bring friends and family with you? If you don't ask, your competitors will and then you, you lose business. Communicate. Just talk I, to them.
1: I could not agree with you more. In fact, I mean, there are so many, I can think of just even myself as to how much business I have gotten just because they know, I look to the mat, I don't mind getting my hands dirty. I would get on the mm-hmm. floor across the boxes and all those different things. Or oh, yeah. you need to call me after what would be considered after hours for a bigger company. To that's me, right. that's, my, that's a distinguishment between me, a large corporation providing HR services, mm-hmm. and me who can give that personal touch. Absolutely. And get involved oh in that strategic planning there with them. And they know I have someone that's in my corner. And they they realize that we're a part of their team. We're an extension of them. And that's one of the first thing I let them know. (laughs) We're an extension of you. It doesn't work Mm -hmm. for you. It Mm -hmm. doesn't work for us.
0: That's right. You know, and so we have to be
1: able mm -hmm. to give that white glove service. And the other thing that I, I constantly tell, you know, especially small business owners, A company Mm -hmm. should not be able to tell the difference between a large company's product or service and yours. Mm -hmm. You should strive Mm -hmm. for them to Mm -hmm. not even know the difference between the two. That's right. Absolutely. So when you perform your product or your service, the quality of it should meet that Mm -hmm. of a larger competitor.
0: That's right. And if
1: it's not, you should be striving to get there. And if it's there, you should be trying to exceed it.
0: That's right. And be consistent with it
1: and mm-hmm. consistent that's the key consistency mm-hmm. is the key you don't mm-hmm. do it one time absolutely and absolutely. don't do it can't again sit on your that's right correct correct because mm-hmm. the moment that you pass on a customer say, oh i don't know mm-hmm. that and customers are okay mm-hmm. customers are if you mm-hmm. don't know something a customer is willing to give you a chance you tell them i'll find out and get back with them yeah. with yeah. you yeah and you do you that go. You make sure you get back with them at every touch point that you tell them. You keep your word.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I I think that, uh, and this is something that I also coach and train in. I think that it's important that people understand the difference between a prospect, a customer, and a client. The prospect person. (laughs) <laughs> is it okay if I go into that or is that something you think that it you can just gloss over? It is certainly
1: okay because that that is key to, to having valuable customer service internally and externally because you could yes, be replying to a recruit as a prospect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because your prospect is the person that you want. You've been dying to get, you've been eyeing them, you've been wooing them, you've been courting them, you want them to come in. You want them, let's say it's a restaurant. You want them to come in and dine with you. You just, you know, bring your party to to my restaurant. It's, it's, the, it's the best. The, the customer is the one and done. It's the transactional person. Ah, yeah, okay, fine, right. I bought your widget and fine, uh, off we go. The client is where you have the most wallet share. The client is is the person that's giving you free advertising. They are your brand evangelist. They are the ones who are singing your praises. The client is the one that is bringing customers to you. The client is the one who is making referrals. And, and going out of their way, and the reason they are doing that is because you have first shown loyalty to them, and now they're showing loyalty to you. The client is the one that you have spent years building the relationship. You have sent thank you notes, handwritten thank you notes. That's that's the one that you sent the congratulations when their kid won the soccer match or when their absolutely kid, um, won the the basket at the basketball game the last two seconds. You're at the game. You're you're sending the the, the little trophies. You're the one that's engaged with them. They're part of your business family, and they've embraced you, and to have you come and participate with them as well. They're the ones that you're sending notes to for condolences or for congratulations on your wedding anniversary or, you know, anticipating, hey, listen, your wedding anniversary is coming up, and here are some ideas that I think, you know, you might want to consider. And send them individually to each spouse, perhaps you know, secretly and secretively, I should say, and and just those corny kinds of things. I'm telling you, it goes miles, and I know that because I did it. It
1: works. I have too. I'm sitting here going like, I have.
0: It does. It goes a
1: long ways. It goes a very long (laughs) ways, and being able, being able to, I call it becoming a member of the family. A client Absolutely. is one that you that's become right. an, inter- an invaluable member of their family because they're going to think about calling you when these things take place that's in right. their, their lives. They want you that's to right. be a part.
0: That's right. They want you so to play important. a part
1: because that they look at you as being a valuable member of their internal mm-hmm. family, and that's a customer mm-hmm. for life.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And and, and even generational. You know, if you're Absolutely. in the financial arena, they yeah. will have in their the future generations coming to you. That <laughs> you is will very know true. Their centers of influence. Their CPAs, their attorneys, the whole nine yards. Their entire centers of influences. You will be connected to because they'll make sure that you are connected to them. And when I was a wealth advisor with some of my clients, I would have Quarterly meetings, not only with my client, but with their CPAs, their attorneys, and any Correct. other folks that they consider to be their centers of influence. Just because I wanted everyone to see that we're all singing out of the same hymn book, on the same page, on you know, in Absolutely. the right notes.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and same here. We, and I, we have the same background, so we're we're familiar with that end of it, and and how to yeah. treat that client. And we don't call or those that we do business with, there's a difference. We were taught on the financial side between a customer and a client.
0: Oh, there's a big difference. A customer. Oh, yes. Yes,
1: yeah, there's a very big difference. That customer, we were we were taught on the financial side, that customer is that transactional person, that one time. That's right. There's, there's a, yep, a superficial relationship to it. Mm-hmm. That client mm-hmm. relationship is just like I stated. That's internal. You're an internal family mm-hmm. member. We are on mm-hmm. the same side of the table. You win, I win. Absolutely. You lose, I lose right. is the mentality. That's right. With a true client. Right. And, and that same thing transpires over into the employer employee relationship in those oh internal relationships. Is that absolutely. employee a transactional, a customer, or is that employee mm-hmm. a client?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is absolutely spot on absolutely and 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 the the bottom line for that is that they everybody has to bring something to the, to the table when and- an employee comes to the table they have to come with their skill set they have to come with an understanding of that company's uh, business strategy uh, philosophies the core values the, the the missions the goals they have to be bought in they have they have to go beyond rehearsing it you have to know Absolutely. it, embrace it, and live it. And if you're not yes. willing to do that and bring that to the table, you're not a good fit. It's as simple as that. You're just not a good fit. And that's so not very true. a bad thing. It isn't because a bad thing. It isn't it, a bad thing. Yeah, not at all. It's the sooner not. that is recognized, the better it will be for both sides for the employer and for as well as the employee. Because I could agree can with find you more. Money and resources. Yeah. No. <laughs>
1: I could not agree with you more because it's and it's it's so vital to know the difference. Because mm-hmm. you, you you can tell very quickly. We used to call it back in my day to not to date myself, but people would try to call it fake it till you make it. Well that becomes very apparent because oh, yeah. you have to put up at some point. You can't talk about what you know and what mm-hmm. you're going to do. You have you to do produce. it. You, you have got matter. to that produce, and well. you have to have some proof of you producing. If you don't have any proof of you Absolutely. producing, and that, that goes both ways for the mm-hmm. serving the or, or providing for your external customer and your internal. If you don't produce, you have you, you're not doing anything. You're not adding any yep. value to that company
0: you whatsoever. There you go. Because that that employee value proposition, that's the deal that's struck between the company and the employee in return for the contribution and the performance. It's a deal Correct. That's that's why I said both people have to bring something on the table, and, and you have to make sure it's a good fit. Because, Absolutely. And the sooner is recognized because to go out and recruit employees, that costs a lot of money. Employers pay a lot of money. There could be travel time. There could be, you know, hotels. There's restaurants that you, you know, when you're eating, there, that's a lot of money. And then when you bring folks in to train them, then that's even more money. So you want it to be is. able to nip it in the bud or, or at least recognize it as quickly as possible so that you are not spending essential resources, human resources, financial resources on something that's not going to work out in three months. That just is Absolutely. not a good business strategy at all.
1: It's not. It's not a good business strategy at all. And and you have to be willing, as I call it, I call it cut the cord, be gone, because oh, it's yeah. better for them and for you. Because you're, you're not only responsible for one individual, you're responsible for all of, not just your internal customers, your employees, Mm -hmm. but for your customer Mm -hmm. base. You
0: cut Mm -hmm. the Mm cord and you move on. You gotta move on. You gotta move on. They have to understand your, the ethics, the honesty, the integrity piece of it all, the, the character, because, you know, once a company's brand or reputation has been bruised, it is extremely difficult to recover from that. And there are so many instances we've been seeing in the news here of late about that very thing. And you—that's why it's so important that you bring folks on who have high character Absolutely. and understand, you know, great morality and you know, character and integrity, and ethics, the it, whole nine
1: And those are two very good keys: character and integrity. If Absolutely. you don't have those two things in, in. Mm-hmm. I personally would mm-hmm. say just in life in general, but since we're talking mm-hmm. about business. I would say, you know, in business, mm-hmm. you have to have mm-hmm. those if you're going to be in business forever. I mean, it I, I often think right. about and talk about when we're setting up our business, we talk about the, what type of structure we're going to set that mm-hmm. business under. We know a sole proprietor, mm-hmm. you're willing to take on all the risk yourself. Okay, mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. what we do is we go on and we incorporate because we want mm-hmm. that business to go on into perpetuity. So if we want That's that, right. we have to think in those terms. What do you mm-hmm. want this mm-hmm. business to look like 400 years from now? Are That's you putting right. things in place? <laughs> So that you don't end up being one of these businesses, you know, I don't want to name any names, but obviously we mm-hmm. have a bunch of them that are in the news. Yeah. They've been in the business yeah. for years and now they're closing their doors. Why is That's that? Right. That's right. What was That's wrong right. internally that ends up That's being right. reflected externally? And we have to stop and take the time to think about that. Did we manage the resources? And when mm-hmm. I say resources, I don't just mean monetary resources. Their That's resources nice. could be your suppliers, the employees. Mm-hmm. All the different mm-hmm. things could encompass the resources, your research and development. Because if you're not looking forward, you're going to become mm-hmm. extinct. That's if true. If you're not that is thinking so about what, if you, what, my, what will my customer want three years from now, five years from now, yes. What yes. what are trends yes. Yes. telling me? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What things do I need to be preparing for to propel my business and make sure it stays relevant?
0: Oh my gosh, that is is so important. One of the things, I had an opportunity to wrap up some training for uh, an organization a couple weeks ago, and one of the things that I shared with them when we were talking about integrity, I said, there was an individual who approached me who said they wanted to partner with me in my business. And I said, well, first of all, I'm not looking for a partner. I'm doing fairly well, and I'm just not mm-hmm. ready to take anybody on. But the other thing Absolutely. is, and I told this person this, that I told them, I said, I know that you cheated on your spouse. And so so that speaks to me a great deal about integrity. So if you cheat on your spouse, that means that if I bring you on as a partner, you're going to steal from this company. You're going to lie to me. You're going to create Mm -hmm. subterfuge. You're going to Mm -hmm. do anything you can to take this company over. Oh, that's not true. That's not true. I said, quite frankly, this discussion is done. (laughs) I'm just telling you what I know about you and what would come from this relationship if I were foolish enough to bring you on as a partner. So they kind of nipped that in the bud and they became a little salty with me, which was fine. I'm like, you know, consider a teachable moment and keep walking quite frankly. But it's just amazing how folks, think that it's okay to live a certain lifestyle and it does not transcend to the other of your life, business or otherwise. So, yeah, but that, that is I, so true. I could not agree with you more with all of the aspects of the elements you were talking about just then. It's just so incredible. One thing that I do want to get in here is that when we talk about differentiators and that type of thing, It's important to know when customer service week is every year, and it's usually the first full week in October every single year. So we're early enough in the year now where we can plan for hosting something for our segmented book of clients. So for maybe even with prospects, you want to host something to bring them in. And then with, you know, your, your B list customers, perhaps you want to host another thing. Just look at the entire month of October and host something for, you know, your segmented book. And then for your A list clients, take it to the moon and just knock it out of the park and just let them know that this is specifically for you. So you've hit all of your book, However, you're, you're identifying how you want to invest to show, I mean, show them all appreciation, but naturally with your A-list clients, I think that they should get the best treatment. And, And here's one thing with utility companies, you know, the, Cable companies, they want to give new uh, customers or prospective customers, you know, three months of, you know, a discounted bill or, or free whatever. Well, I've been your client for the last 25 years, and you're not offering me anything. So where's the love? I think it's important right. to recognize how to reward and, and, and show loyalty to various segments of your book. And, and with your right. clients, again, I think you should knock it out of the park.
1: Correct. And and just to tie all of this into the employee value proposition, it, it ties in internally and externally. So when she was talking about, you know, integrity um, with that, that person that addressed her about partnering, that same thing applies with on, on internally with an employee and or a business owner. When you're looking at your employee value proposition, we're talking about why this makes us who we are. You know, what distinguishes us from our our competitors, why you want to be a part of Mm -hmm, us. mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. when either one of those sides, either the business owner, manager, whoever, or the employee do not have or or you know that they have have very low integrity or very, you know, you can't trust them or anything of that nature, that tells you from an employee value proposition, this is not going to be a good marriage. Okay, I often refer to the employer-employee relationship, sometimes it can be parent-child or it's a marriage, you know, and so if it's not going to work, if one cheats on the other one, that's not good. That's going to break the trust. No, no, And so when you're looking at your employee value proposition, how do you you want to to cultivate that and create that with a very good customer experience? For both, the employer, the employee, and the client. I should say both, right. all three, the employee, employer, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the client. You know, so Absolutely. we want to be able to, to you know, just tie it in just in case we lost anybody as to the things that we're discussing, how it ties into the employee value proposition. It, it all mirrors in what type of culture you want to create. Why do you want to be a part of our organization internally and externally?
0: Precisely right. That is absolutely critical, and and there are elements to that, to as far as communication skills, positive attitude, teamwork, leadership ability, all those things that factor into that employee employer value proposition. Because if I Felicia wants to come and, and work for your company, but I lack written communication or, or written skills. Written, yeah, written communication skills. I uh, am unable to express myself. If I am coming in, you know, off of a bender on Monday morning, and I don't want to talk to anybody or engage with anybody, that has a great impact on that value proposition. If I am not capable of working with others. Gee whiz, what's the point? Yeah, we all have at some point individual assignments. However, you gotta be able to come in and work with And just because you may not like somebody that has very little to do with getting the job done. There's something called camaraderie. You have to be able to understand. We're big boys and girls. You've got to understand how to get along with others. I referenced Disney a, a few minutes ago, and I'll, I'll give this other Disney analogy. One of the things that Walt Disney, I won't say mandated, but he strongly encouraged with his employees, is that as they within offices or in the park or what have you, even if you didn't like one another, you had to at least give eye-to-eye contact and a nod to acknowledge that person's presence as you were walking by them. If you didn't have to embrace them, you didn't have to, you know, I want to have lunch with you or anything like that, but you had to give that level of respect.
1: And that's so important. And and that goes both ways, internally and externally throughout the organization. And one of the things we talked about or touched on, I would say, we touched on about you know the respect level. Therefore, obviously, the internally and externally, and how touch on a little bit more, how that plays into the employee value proposition from a, a customer service uh, standpoint.
0: Well, as far as respect is concerned, let's face it, we all want it. But to 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 get respect from someone, I think you must first earn it. With that, I think if an internal or external customer does not feel respected, you're going to have problems on your hands, particularly from an external uh, standpoint. And and let me just break that down just a little bit. You as the CEO will hear from that customer. They're going to let you know that Colette Douglas works for you, and she said or did this. She was, like you said earlier, she had her earbuds in. She wasn't paying any attention to me. I felt like she was ignoring me, and I did not have the experience that I feel I deserved. I feel completely disrespected. Then what happened possibly is that that person going out on social media saying, hey, listen, over at this company where Felicia Harris, you know, she's in charge of this company. Don't go there. Don't use her services. HR, everything is not that much. And so just... This was my experience. From an internal standpoint, disrespecting your colleagues and, and others, that, that is going to cause a morale issue and it's going to, again, cause a disturbance and it's going to interfere with productivity. It's going to interfere. And, and all of that, Felicia, believe it or not, all of that has a great impact on our home life because let's face it, we spend more time at work than we actually do with our loved ones. So I'm having this horrific, horrific situation every day. I go in and I've got this consternation going on. When I go home, even as I'm walking to my car, as I'm driving, I'm driving more aggressively. I'm, am rehearsing in my mind how I need to get back at my colleague tomorrow. Then I go home and dinner is not what I thought it would be. The kids are bouncing off the walls, the cat drugging something I don't recognize. And you know, the house looks a mess and now I, I'm over the top. So all of that intertwines. it's all circuitous. It all has something to do with how we engage with one another on our job it's just the way the world is. It's, it's how the system works. And, and, and in order to make this better, we have, to be aware. we have to be aware. We have to be present in the moment. And we have to recognize what it is we're doing and how we can consciously make Things better if it's a one-two-three plan. If it's a bullet point. If it's paragraph. If it's a dissertation. Whatever needs to be done, get it done and get it done proficiently.
1: Absolutely and quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Now we have about a ten more minutes, and so how would you sum up this session? How would you sum up the most? If someone has not put this in place or in practice, where should they start?
0: I I say start at the very beginning. I I say take a look at yourself. Do a self-analysis. This training session that I just came out of, I had them do a self-evaluation, and I had them do it during the session. It was the second to the last day, and they did not share the information with me, and I purposely told them I did not want them to. On that self-evaluation, I said, take that and develop a plan for yourself because you want to develop the plan for yourself before your manager develops it for you, and uh, that might be like two steps before you hit the exit. So when you face and when you're honest with yourself and you face what it is you need to change because people keep telling you that these things kind of rub them the wrong way. Let's face it, everybody isn't wrong. So the self-analysis, the self-evaluation and setting a plan for corrective action and best practices and deliverables for yourself is the best start. Incorporate that in, Understanding what business etiquette is about. You know, we, we live in this melting pot here in the United States with different cultures and religions and so forth and so on. Just because a person is different from you does not give you carte blanche to go to your friends in your clique and talk about others. You just don't do that. You treat people the way you want to be treated. You you have to watch your words. You have to watch joking and you know off-color jokes have no place in the workforce. All we have to do is look at some of the things again on the news with certain kinds of designs that some, some of the um, fashion houses have been called on the carpet for and being boycotted for. You got, it's beyond common sense. You have to be sensitive to others. You have to be present in the moment. There was an organization who asked me to come in to talk to their financial advisors because one of the financial advisors didn't recognize, didn't know he was not supposed to touch a woman, shake her hand who was in a full burqa. And his thing was, well, gee whiz, they're in America. Why don't they understand how to do business the American way? Well, hold on. Wait a minute now. How I so, you are so insensitive that you don't understand a culture that is very prominent throughout the world, and particularly here in the United States, that that is a faux pas. And that's why I say it is not common sense. You've got to understand business etiquette, and that's a whole other segment, a whole other podcast interview. But there are different attributes that just basic things you have to know. And that includes networking and, and the whole nine yards.
1: And that that alone is an, an entire different session or or you know we could do an entire session just on cultural yeah. sensitivity because you need oh that God, yeah. for customer service. You have to have Absolutely. cultural sensitivity for to provide customer service it, again internally and externally. And that is mm-hmm, a part mm-hmm. of your employee that should be a part of your employee value proposition. It must that it you must as a be. business it must be. You have cultural sensitivity. You as a, a an yeah. employee, you have cultural sensitivity. And and that you exhibit to your internal and external customer base. So that you recognize Absolutely. you don't extend your hand to shake their hand if you know that's not that that goes against their religious
0: beliefs. Absolutely right.
1: You know, you don't you you know, there are certain things that and I think I know that there are a lot of people that they do it not knowing, but when we have yeah. this time of, of the Me Too movement for people yeah. feeling like they're being violated, you should make yourself more sensitive. And it is if you Try to, to learn yourself, make yourself more open, make yourself more open to different mm-hmm. things and different cultures, because really that's what makes us a better business. We're better when Absolutely. we understand each other because we're able to, to have that be a reflection of the service or product we're able to provide because we don't want to cut off any group, That's so any true. group whatsoever. That. We want to be able to serve the vast masses. And in order to do that, That's we true. have to remain mm-hmm. culturally sensitive and being and willing to murder. be open to others' beliefs mm-hmm. and practices. We're not asking mm-hmm. you to adopt them. We're asking That's you right. to we'll be respectful. open to them and give them the right to practice them.
0: That's true. That's absolutely true.
1: Now, for yeah, those I could that, not have said that, it better. Yes. Now, for those that may have some things in place, but it's not quite right from a customer service and the training aspect of things, what can they do to advance or is deepen the customer experience or employ, you know from an employee value proposition? What can they go how can they go deeper?
0: Well, I, I would say go deeper by being an ongoing learner, be well read, read, just just read. You know, thought leaders read. That's why they're thought leaders. Yes, thank you. I say have a vast knowledge Of various aspects. That's why diversity and inclusion is so prominent right now. Dig Uh deep read uh, and, and, and go to the library. You don't even have to okay. go to Barnes and Nobles and you can collect some things but if you go to the library there is a vast resource there available to educate all of us on not only cultures but you know different ways in which it is appropriate to engage and to work with others and to be respectful and to, to, to learn and to apply what we learn to practice it you got to practice you have to to do anything well you have to practice think about when you first learned to ride a bike you didn't just you know get on your ten speed and you started riding you got your training wheels and then eventually you they took them off and you got a little wobbly and then off you went after a certain period of time we have to practice these things but it's not about research and you have to have a will to do it you have to be aware you have to have a will to do it. You have to be empathetic. You have to care. If you don't care, you're not going to do it. It's just that simple. So, I mean, you can't legislate love and you can't legislate empathy. You can't hire that. It has to be within. There are certain things that are trainable, but there are other things that you just can't. You cannot train a person to be empathetic. The person either That's is so true. or they are not. And that's why I, I go back to that self evaluation and determine where you are and do you want to do this? How? What is it that you specifically want to do? That's where your plan that comes. That is so in.
1: true. And it's, it's it, and we mm-hmm. live in a world where people are more outward looking than inward looking. It's very difficult yes. in this yeah. day and time for people yeah. to look inward and and like okay. You know, there there are two sides here. Let me take the other mm-hmm. position and mm-hmm. how are they viewing this? What mm-hmm. perceptions mm-hmm. am I maybe giving mm-hmm. off to them? Mm-hmm. And that's very difficult for a lot of individuals to do. Yeah. Oh, you know, so thank you so very much, Colette, for joining us. Tell our audience again how they can get in contact with you if they want you to come out and give a presentation on customer right. service.
0: Thank you so much, Felicia. This was wonderful. Um, folks can reach me at elite-customer.com. That's my website. Uh, my email is Colette at elite-customer.com. Colette does have one L on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at Elite Customer. I, I like to make a joke about my name. Uh, I have one L in Colette, and oftentimes we'll, people will put two L's in it. And just to, and this is where business etiquette comes in, to help them understand that I just don't like two L's. I playfully say, you know, I'm cutting back on my L's. And I usually get a big laugh on that, but it's a polite way to say, please fill my name with one L. <laughs> Awesome. And then if folks. Awesome. Want to call me, uh, feel free to call me at 734-203-0040. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome.
1: Again, thank you so much for joining us. My name is Felicia Harris, and I thank you so very much for joining us for Employee Value Proposition in regards to customer service. Next week we will be talking I have Kim Schott on, and she's from Shot Cultural Consulting, and she'll be talking about employee band as band ambassadors. And so please join us again. If you have any other questions, even after the show, feel free to contact us at 586-461-1400. We look forward to seeing you again at a future show.